Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, creative people. Welcome to Not Real Art, the podcast that celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. I'm your host, Sourdough, and on today's episode, I'm honored to be joined by three young up-and-coming artists who hooked up at our annual Not Real Art Conference for Creators last March here in Los Angeles. They had never met before. They came together at the conference, and now they're working together, doing cool shit, and I just wanted to have them on the show today to talk about a project that was born out of them connecting and meeting up at our conference. I want to welcome Devana Stempson, Elias McCam, and JR, a.k.a. Insupa. What up? Woo, woo. Hey, guys. Super pumped to be here. Thank you for having us. Thanks for coming through. I mean, I tell you what, I mean, you guys must be exhausted after a week of painting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we four days to be exact literally just finished <laughs> like a few hours ago still still kind of got wet covered in paint yeah. and look like a real artist <laughs> yeah. why are you on the not real art show you look like a real artist right <laughs> smell like one too right yeah. yeah it's been a grimy week i thought it was me it turns out it's you yeah <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that's why he's sitting all the way over yeah. there <laughs> so I'm like kind of over in the corner that's great that's great Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm so like inspired and encouraged on multiple levels because quite frankly, when I heard about this project and I knew you guys were going to be painting for a week together, I mean, you know, in those situations, like, I mean, by the time the week's over, you either love each other or hate each other. And it seems like you guys are still loving each other, which is a beautiful thing. It's been an awesome week. We were able to come together and it's been awesome. That's that's cool, man. Well, break it down. I mean, like, so I'm just curious, like, because when you go into a project like this, right? I mean, there are so many expectations and hopes and dreams about what the project is going to be. Sometimes those hopes and dreams are realized. Sometimes, you know, life throws curveballs, there's challenges. Yeah. I want to hear, I want to hear all about it. I want to hear, you know, like, what did it live up to your aspirations? Was it more challenging than you thought? Like, tell us about the work. Yeah. Well, when we got there... Me and Elias had to freaking dust the wall off and like do a lot of prep work that we weren't planning for. But of course, I feel like that always happens. Yeah, we thought we knew which wall we were going to do, but we got in there and there was just like a bunch of stuff there. So we're like, okay, if we do this wall, we're going to have to move a bunch of things because it's in like a big, you know, section of a warehouse. But there was one wall that just had like the drywall that had not been painted. It was just like um, the mud, the dried mud. And so we ended up taking some brooms and dusting the whole entire wall off before we were able to paint but um 
I mean, it was a good start. Okay, so I'm just going to stop you there because I got to ask a question. So, like, was the wall not prepped because the it was prearranged that you guys had to prep it, or was that just something like you showed up and it was like, oh shit, like so, like is that something next time, like when you do a wall like this, you're going to be like, I need the wall prepped. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Or at least work that into some of the details because I think I know for me, I always just get so excited, like, cool, there's a a project, we got this wall, let's do it, and then you show up and then. You start to remember like, oh yeah, I forgot. There's going to be things that we didn't take into account, but it's good stuff to know for next time. That's so, right. So this is a yeah. lesson. This is a learning. Absolutely. Right. Definitely. Yeah. But also help too, like having two people, not just one. Because I could only imagine like I showed up, little me. And I'm like, oh, here I am. I have to dust like <laughs> yeah. this whole big wall. Because I think my side of the wall was like 18 by 19 feet. Yeah. So you just multiply that by two that's how big the wall was so yeah Yeah, so let's break this down for a minute for our listeners because i you know i mean i'm obviously aware of kind of the the project and what have you but like so let's take it from the beginning like where was the wall who was the company like how did the very beginning like how did it all even come together and like what what are we talking about here so yeah this is jr here and what up jr what up (laughs) so devonna and elias and i we met up at the not real art conference um, yeah it was super cool we connected after the the event and we just kind of supported each other uh especially on the gram and i was really inspired by what human said at the event about hey if you really want to get yourself out there just volunteer yourself to uh, do murals for people and i recently had an art show this past week uh, my first solo exhibit. Congratulations. Where was it? Uh, here in downtown LA. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Sold out a few days before the event. And Look was- at you. Hey, you got 10 bucks I can borrow? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I you got 10 more bucks. than 10 bucks today. <laughs> You're rich and famous now. You made it. <laughs> uh, made it. So, yeah, I was printing out some merchandise for my show. And I saw a wall there. And actually, I saw a bunch of artists who filled the space. And I said, hey, um, JD, um, the owner of Print Renegades in downtown LA. Shout out JD, Print Renegades. Yes. I was like, hey, can I do a piece uh, in one of your walls? And he said, actually, follow me. And he (laughs) took me to his like secondary like space, this huge, massive warehouse. And he's like, yeah, you just take whatever you want. Wow. And it was just as simple as that. And I've never really worked with anything larger than maybe a four by five. And I said, this is honestly too much wall for me. Mm, mm. So, uh, <laughs> so turns out size does matter. <laughs> uh, uh, so size was a huge thing. So I was like, uh, maybe it'd be cool if I share this project with maybe a couple other people. And the first two people that came to mind were Elias and Devana, just because I think we kind of have very similar or overlapping styles. Sure. Yeah. And I think it'd be a great collaborative project. And so I reached out to them about like, hey, would you guys be interested? And even Elias decided that he'd make it a whole trip um, what's helping me support with my show and made it. He's like in a- Utah, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's, br- let's, let's break that down. So you yeah. live, Elias, um, you live in Utah. Yep. Salt Where about in Utah? Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Okay. Yeah. You, you grew up there. That's where that's hometown. No, born and raised in Texas. Got it. Where about yeah. Texas? Dallas, Texas. Okay. Okay. My sister's Shouts in Dallas. Dallas. Right Texas. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out. And JR, so you're LA guy. 
Okay. LA based, yeah. born and raised here in Carson. Got it, got it. And Devana, San Diego. San Diego. I came up from San Diego. Right on, mm-hmm. right on. All right, so please continue. So, so, yeah, I reached out to Elias and I was like, hey, would you be interested? I know it's kind of a far drive, but I'd love to hopefully make this a trip for you. You could come to my art show. Um, it'd be really helpful if you could help me set up and all this other stuff. And I'd introduce you to some people. And actually the mural was supposed to be before my art show and then (laughs) after uh but due to some complications with they were building a new space within the space Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we had to kind of adapt with our project and push it to a later day and a later time damn clients (laughs) (laughs) actually it all worked out perfect though yeah i was able to drive up help him with his art show this past weekend right we did that it was a great experience for me to like set up a you know help him set up mm-hmm. his solo show and mm-hmm. see how all the logistics of that work mm-hmm. and then literally you know with one day in between then we start this giant mural project so it's been a very productive week well so okay so my next question is going to be borderline inappropriate because of course you know we do not support ageism on any level at, here at not real art however i'm an old guy i'm 49 years old you guys are woo, young woo. young bucks up and coming so let's get so elias how old are you 28 28 jr turned 28 a couple days ago happy belated birthday Devana. 28. It's a 28 club. Oh my God. 28 club. I like it. I like it. Excellent. Yeah. No wonder you guys are simpatico. (laughs) Fantastic. So, right. So it's just, you know, it's working out. I mean, you know, a little curveball action, but then you guys, uh, you know, managed to get to the sites and, uh, and get rolling on it. Now, what kind of prep work did you guys do? Because, I mean, you're living all over the place. You're talking about this stuff, I'm guessing, over Skype or whatever. Yeah. And you must have had a... Uh, you you must have had to align, mm-hmm. right? Efforts, energies, resources, visions. Talk about a little bit of the yeah. pre, pre-production. We had a few, I guess, like digital powwows, like uh, video chats where we were just mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, guys, so like, what are we thinking about this mural? When do we want to do it? You know, what are what's going to be our style? And then we're like, all right, let's, you know... We kind of set some things and then we all kind of went our separate ways, did our concept sketches and stuff, and then came back a little bit later and said, okay, this works, this works, this works. But yeah, it was all pretty smooth. We yeah. had a couple, yeah, a couple of video chats and yeah. we got to connect more, share our ideas. And then there was also like the thought of, okay, well, Elias is all the way in Utah. I'm in San Diego. We're going to be there for weeks. So we obviously have to talk about like resources to yeah. get ourselves up here sure. because it was more of like come into the shop, paint the wall. And, you know, it's a, a, an awesome print shop. So it's either we can do print services for you or we yeah. can reimburse you for like supplies. Um, and then we were like, man. And then they also suggested like, maybe you can have somebody sponsor the wall. And we were like, oh, we didn't even think about yeah. that. And like JR tried to reach out to like a couple companies and we were trying to brainstorm on like who we could reach out to. And I was like, yo, what if we reach out to Scott and yeah. Not Real Art? Because that's literally how this all like it wouldn't have happened. This wouldn't have happened if it weren't for you and your idea to create and cultivate the Not Real Art Conference. And so I was Absolutely. like, not only would this be a win for us, but it would definitely be a win for you because this could be something potentially you could do every year for it. It was yeah. more of a collaboration to network and just to like support artists in the creative world. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to email him, propose this, and let's just see what he says. And then when you sent the email saying like, yeah, we can do that. I was like, oh, no, that was easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I know like we, I know like as creatives, sometimes we get scared to like do stuff like that. But it was just like, you know, you got to just put it out there. The worst thing that can happen is that you could say no and 
at least we still had some sort of communication and yeah. it all just worked out. I love it. I love it. I tell you, you know, there's a lot to unpack in that. First of all, I want to say yes. I mean, I was so delighted and so touched that you guys met up at the conference. I mean, that's why we did the con. One of the reasons why we wanted to do the conference was yeah. to create, com help build community, help create spaces and a space for artists to come together and network and get to know each other and perhaps collaborate together. So yeah. to hear the a first of all that you guys were working that you had met up that you're working together, you know, based on the conference to me just made me quite frankly really proud and honored and humbled. You know, that that was like kind of mission accomplished. It's like, okay, this is working. Like, this mm -hmm. is a perfect example. And then, Devana, when you called or emailed to ask about the sponsorship, I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, this is like just yes. a great way to sort of connect, you know, complete the circuit, right? Like, yeah. it's a virtue, trying to create a virtuous cycle. Right. And uh, and I was happy to do whatever we could to try to help, you know, empower and facilitate this, you know, wonderful uh, project that you guys had. And then the other thing about what you just said, Devana, and I think this is really important for everybody listening right now. It's like all a person could say is no. Mm -hmm. right. Don't get scared. All you got to do is ask. And if you if you lead with love and, and humility and but confidence and clarity around what it is and what you're doing and, mm -hmm. and a quid pro quo. So, okay, so what do you need? Oh, I need X. Okay, cool. For X, I'll give you Y. Okay, cool. You know, like, and then it's mm -hmm. a clap because you and I talked about yeah. like, okay, well, what do you need and what do we need? And like, how can this be a win-win? Absolutely. And we worked it out, yeah. you know? And so, and yes, I mean, you got lucky because you knew I was a, a, a easy uh, easy target. <laughs> I here. didn't know you were an easy <laughs> target. <laughs> no, but but uh, my point is is that you know it's a numbers game. Sometimes you don't yeah. get it, hit it out of the park, or mm -hmm. hit it. You know, get on get on base first time out. You got to keep trying. So don't get scared. Just keep picking. You know, dial for dollars. Just you know, and cold calling is like the the toughest thing. I mean, oh, I get yes. nobody likes that. You know what I mean? But no, I was so happy that you called, and I was so happy that we were able to sponsor. This mural because it just was, you know, it personifies everything that we're trying to do with Not Real Art, with the conference, and just moving forward in terms of what I call celebrating, elevating, empowering, you know, artists. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it helps too because, like, whenever, you know, artists that are up and coming like we are, we get this traction and are able to take a few steps further in our career, it motivates other people to say, hey, okay, well, like, that's pretty cool because that's how. I kind of got involved was like, I saw, you know, artists like man one and human at the event last year. And I was like, okay, these are people that are further in the game than I am. So if I can learn from them and then partner with people that are at the same stage or even a little bit further than I am, then we can like work together and bring each other up. And then yep. the artists that are like, okay, I didn't even know I was into art, but I see these people doing fun stuff and painting murals and getting them sponsored. So like, I can do that too. And it's like showing people in real life that this can really happen. You can really you know, if you're motivated, it takes hard work and you have to have the discipline and desire to do it. But if you, if you have all those things and you're with the right people, you can really get the ball rolling and do some cool stuff. hundred yes. percent. I forget, I forget that old saying something about like luck equals preparation times, uh, opportunity. Yeah. Right. Something you know like what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, being ready for the opportunity. Boom. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we'll do it. And I feel like, especially with these kind of projects, it's like the more murals that you paint, the more murals that you get to paint. Somebody sees that you painted a mural. Oh, you guys did a, a mural at Print Renegade with these other artists. Well, that's cool. Come do a mural on my wall. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, somebody sees that one and then, you know, you get more and more and 
you know, mural festivals and things just start to happen. That's right. Unfold. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the trick with all of this and believe me, I mean, when I think about like how many conversations I've had around like murals and budgets and so on and so forth, like, you know, <laughs> it's like, it makes me tired thinking about it. But I mean, it's such an interesting thing, right? Because there's lots of walls out there that that artists can paint um, if they're willing to do it for free. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's cool because sometimes, you know, artists, that's what you need. You need a wall. You want to express yourself. You're trying to get your brand out there. You're trying to, you know, but at the same time, you also, your time is valuable. Your, your expertise is valuable. So how do you work out arrangements with the wall owners that that is a mutually beneficial thing? And I think that's the, that's the trick, Yeah, you know, moving forward. Sounds like you guys were able to figure out a scenario that actually made good business sense for you. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, that was like main one of the talking points when we did have our meetings was like, okay, how are we going to get ourselves out here? First of all, like that's the big hurdle. And then, you know, having JR explain like what they were willing to do and was just like, okay, cool. Like we just need, we're still like young in the game, but we have some, we still have some credentials and work behind Mm -hmm. us to back us up. But it's also like, we just got to keep the momentum going. And we just saw it as like a win-win, just like a fun experience, a learning experience got to connect, got to network, you know, and then also just build more relationships and practice our art. It's kind of like basic physics, right? (laughs) That whole thing about energy begets energy and object at rest tends to stay at rest and all that stuff. Right. I mean, like you guys are, you're, you're creating energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And that will create more energy and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. That's so good. So what, I mean, what, uh, what did they say? Like, did they, when when it was all said and done, like, were they just like super stoked about the work? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before we even started the wall, he's literally just like, do whatever you want. Like anything that you can think of, you can do it. Right. So that's like an awesome thing, but it's also very daunting. Yeah. Cause like staring at a blank canvas, I know is like one of the most exciting feelings. And also (laughs) because, you you know, sky's the limit pretty much and yeah. it's just like very a daunting task so i think it really helped that we all kind of planned beforehand because i know for me in the past i get so excited just like oh, i'm just gonna do something and then even on this mural i had a plan and i stuck to the plan i was proud of myself i stuck to the plan that i had and then while i was doing that i did you know something i did like a certain i know element of like a neon like box or something and then there was like a blank space that was like oh I could do something cool here. And then my plan had like kind of shifted and changed. And then it just kind of spiraled out of control in a really cool <laughs> way. Which, by the way, I want to say you guys were given uh, Not Real Art a lot of love. I saw that uh, the logo and stuff on the reels. Yeah. Which, by the way, Devon, I owe you an apology because I know you were asking for me to email it to you. I, I never did. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yo, dude, like, how about your logo? logo today. It's okay. We, uh, we innovated. <laughs> yeah. We pulled the logo up on my phone. Nice. Devana traced it onto a transparency. Right. We stacked the overhead projector on like five five gallon buckets right. and just projected it onto the wall and we made it happen. It <laughs> five awesome. gallon buckets. And let I me take it. it back to like this guy uses like an old school classic overhead projector that yeah. used to have in school to like project. <laughs> not like an <laughs> Oh, that's so <laughs> that's like 1982 badass. of you. That I love it. But it, it's yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It works, right? Another oh, way it works really well. Like it, those things are yeah, great. You yeah. can bring it all the way across the warehouse and get like a super crisp mm-hmm. image. Yeah. As long as you have the transparencies, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Devon, I'm sorry for being such a slacker. I should have got that too, but you know, you're starting to get to know me now. Like, you know, like that, that sourdough, he's like, he's he's a slacker. (laughs) 
Well, that's super cool. So they're totally digging the the work now. I mean, because that is daunting, right? Like when you have like a blank canvas, you don't really know like, but you guys figured out. So like, what was the concept? Like what was like some of the common themes or, you know, the ideas that, that inspired you that ultimately, you know, informed your piece? Well, I think it, <laughs> I'm a little different because yeah, I was preparing for my art show and I didn't really have all too much time to to really think about it. And Devana and Elias kind of had their their vision already mapped out. So you're a slacker too, is basically what you're saying. <laughs> no, uh, I wouldn't say that. So on Monday, I had to deal with some challenges with breaking down the event. Right, so I was sure. like, hey, guys, I'm going to be late. I still need to handle all this. I'll meet you guys there. Just meet with JD and I'll meet you guys in a little bit. Sure. And when I show up like f- four hours later, the wall that I thought that they were going to take, they chose a different wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did. And what just, are friends for? Surprise. <laughs> it was like, surprise. And I was just like, well, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Just like panic, panic, panic. Okay. Be a problem solver. And there was this one wall that I kind of had just this absolute grudge towards. Just I just thought it was an ugly wall. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the ugly wall. <laughs> and didn't really have anything planned and just basically winged it for the, the next like two days. And so started late, finished early and was really proud and just didn't re- had real no idea what I was going to paint on this wall. I saw this big blank canvas and... You like freestyled it though. I yeah. just like freestyled the pretty much the whole thing. I just had no idea. I was like, okay, let's run to Montana. I don't know what <laughs> colors I'm gonna get. I'm just gonna get this whole rainbow spectrum. At least I'll have everything get there, and just kind of went off the top of my head. Sounds like a, you know, like a jazz song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like you yeah. just yeah, like, he was up like, on the scaffold. Improv headphones, just like yeah, just going at it. We'd look over, time. yeah, we'd look over every now and then. He was just, just like, like going to town paint. up on the scaffolding, just throwing paint everywhere. I'm just like, man, all right, <laughs> all right. Man. Yeah, I love it, man. So just yeah, basically just put on headphones and just was in my own little space. Yeah, there. yeah. I'm glad that I chose the space that I did because. The original plan was that we had this three sections and it would all kind of integrate and merge and fuse together mm-hmm. um, with our different styles. But like I said, they ended up building like this new wall, which hindered and just recreated the the environment. And I just thought that the feng shui of, of how it all turned out just was like, okay, we, we need to reapproach this design. So then when I chose this other wall that I thought we were going to do, had this plenty of space for all of us to merge our art, but they chose a different wall. <laughs> but the reason, ultimate, one of the reasons why I explained the reason why I was going to choose the wall I chose is because I think both of their images had very distinct characteristics mm-hmm. and it would only, I felt like. I wanted to give them their their individual attention. And mm-hmm. also I felt like if I were to try to squeeze my work in there, it just feel too cramped. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone in that space kind of has their 
their moment to shine. Yeah, right. Right. Well, it's like, it sounds like if I'm understood tracking here, it sounds like what you're getting at is there's uh, some negative space to, for these pieces to breathe and kind of like there's, there's white space or negative space or sort of, yeah. there's more uh, breathing room, totally. I guess, for these pieces to kind of exude, you yeah. know, their, their vibe. When we had originally started, JD was like, yeah, man, you guys do whatever you want. Just as long as it's colorful. Like I like bright, like yeah. colorful stuff. And so my first thought was, okay, black let's paint the whole wall oh, yeah. black and we'll <laughs> that's do all like the colors neon like neon stuff on, on there yeah, yeah. And so we started painting the wall black and he came in and he's like uh <laughs> that's not what i meant <laughs> yeah I was like are you guys sure this is gonna work like the it's not gonna like soak it up i was like nah dude we did a, a color test like i did a few sprays on the bottom after we had painted like a good section of the wall and i was like oh yeah we're in business like this is gonna work and he's yeah. like all right you guys know better than i do and so we just did a flat black layer and then got a bunch of like fluorescent of the the Montana and like 94 fluorescent cans and just like started going to town. And he came in a little bit later and was just like, whoa, all right, <laughs> this is cool. I, it, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was nervous, but I'm cool now. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. And so like putting all of the fluorescent colors and like the really bright, like loud flashy colors on a black background really made him kind of jump off and, and pop. And that kind of really helped with uh, Devon and I's style because we have like there's just like a good symmetry on like the wall. There's like a beam going down the middle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to kind of, you know, she did her thing on one side. I did mine on the other. And we have these like neon, uh, like geometric shapes kind of merging in the middle and then mm -hmm. kind of all over the place. It was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I looked uh, quickly in all candor. I just saw some mm -hmm. photos on social of what it was. And uh, I tell you what, man, I mean, it's it the positivity that's yeah. coming through from uh from from all the work but certainly the color palette gives you know a great bright dare i say positive happy vibe which yeah. you know yeah. like by the way that space really needs it yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like i think uh you know the people that work there now are actually gonna uh, want to be in that room now yeah yeah I mean, everybody that worked there would just kind of like walk by and poke their heads and be like whoa this is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Especially because right. we like worked yeah. really fast. Yeah. Every time I came in, it was just like always something new. And they were yeah. like, oh, wow. Like you really went in on that wall. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was like Tuesday and uh, a guy came in and was like, wow, how long have you guys been doing this? Like since the weekend? I was like, nah, dude, we started yesterday. And he was like, what? <laughs> Wow. Okay. Like, keep it up. Yeah. Right on, man. Yeah. I mean, I was really like excited for this one, especially because like I painted murals, but this was gonna. This was like my first one where it was in my art and in my style. Okay. And so I was just like, man, this is so cool. Like, I actually get to do like my own thing, and I'm all about colors and using colors in my artwork. So it was just it worked out perfect with like doing the black and like he wanted to do neons and I wanted to do bright colors and it was just like it just all worked out on there yeah. so this wall was a first for each of you for different reasons maybe so like yeah. what so so the wall maybe was the largest wall you guys have painted and Devana this yeah. is your first mural that you could just paint your yeah, like original whatever. art whatever yeah, yeah, you yeah. wanted so this was a, a milestone project for you yeah, guys mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, that's why I think we're so like amped up that we were able to get it sponsored by you and Print Renegades were just like, hey man, do whatever you want. Just yep. like make yeah. it cool. Like don't do anything. They're so nice there. over there too. <laughs> yeah. Shout Everyone out to you guys again. Super chill. Just like, hey man, if you need anything, just let us know. Here's a ladder. It breaks down into scaffolding and here's some cookies. And we're just like, all right, great, yeah, man. Right. right. <laughs> here's some cookies. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, cookies. You need the you need yeah. those calories. Motivation. <laughs> Sugar. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was times in the wall where it's just like, you just look at this 
I mean, and this happens with me with art a lot. Like I look at something for so long that I've just been so focused on. And then I, there just comes like a split second where I'm like, you know what? I don't like it. This is just not, what have I done? Like I've spent all this time and working on something I don't even like. And it's like, maybe I just need to go step outside, get right. some fresh air and come back. And I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, okay. Imagine that an, an artist hating on themselves. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Go get some fresh air. It's a good learning experience. Yeah. I've just, you know, there's a lot of life lessons intermixed in all of, in all of this. That's kind of why I like these kind of projects. You learn a lot about yourself. You get to work with other people. You get to do art. You get cool stuff out of it and everybody comes away happy. It's just really cool. Yeah, man. It's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a sense of camaraderie, right? Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. when you're in the struggle together, whatever the struggle is, I mean, you could be a, mm-hmm. you, know, you could be on a volleyball team and trying to beat the rival, you know, team yeah. from across town or whatever, whatever the battle is, you know, to have the, have your comrades, you know, in the struggle with you. It's well, like I said, you, at the end, you either love each other or you hate each other. I mean, but either way, you're bonded for life at that point. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's that's great, man. That's great. Well, this has been an exciting uh, project for us because, I mean, by the way, this is the first project we've sponsored, you know, yeah. Yeah. and um, for not, you know, not real art. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was a chance to what I say, you know, it was a chance for us to demonstrate our values. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talk is cheap, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, ultimately, you know, we want to show what we're about, not necessarily just t- say what we're about. Yeah. And so this was an opportunity for us to demonstrate our values and, you know, put our literally put our money where, <laughs> where our <laughs> mouth is, you know. And so, you know, it was uh, it was truly a win win. Yeah. What kind of paints did you guys end up using? Montana, right? Yep. A lot of Montana. And I use latex paint. too. Yeah. Sponsor mm-hmm. us, Montana. Right. <laughs> Montana. Are you listening, Montana? <laughs> yeah. Shouts out to Rosenberg at Montana. Rosenberg. We, it up. <laughs> we went in there and we're like, hey, uh, and what, do you, like, what do you think about these paints? We're painting a mural. And he's like, okay, tell me more. I like what I hear. I'm just like, well, we're painting this mural. And he's like, all right, I'll hook you guys up. And just gave us like a bunch of cool like caps and told us like what kind of cans to use and mm-hmm. how stuff works. And I had kind of known some of that stuff before, but mm-hmm. having, you know, somebody be able to break it down for you. That's not like a jerk about it. Like, yeah. Oh, you guys don't know, like pff, whatever, yeah. you know, yeah, he, he was, was just like really cool about nice. it and should be. Fun. Yeah, yeah. That's the way to be. That's yeah. the way to be a lot of spray paint. My first time using a respirator, <laughs> never used one of those before, but I'm, you got to start using yeah. that, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And I mean, it's a safety issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing all the stuff that's like caked on the, oh. on the like filters and stuff. It's like, wow, I could have been breathing all that in. Oh I yeah. Have been breathing that in before, but now I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think the technology for the respirators has gotten a lot better, yeah. hasn't it? I mean, yeah. Uh, so you all use respirators, yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially because yeah. it was like a, cl- it was like a warehouse and it was like a big room. So and there was no ventilation. Right. Yeah. So it was just kind like an we all area. started spraying at the same yeah, time. All three of us spraying sh- as much spray paint as we possibly could, mm-hmm. and it was hot in there. Gosh, it was. And hot. there was dust everywhere too yeah. from the walls. The so. conditions there were pretty brutal. Like literally by the end, yeah, no, it was <laughs> literally a sweatshop. By the end of the day, our shirts were soaked. We've just been breathe like there's dust everywhere. There's spray that's just been floating there. Our mask, the ventilation's like literally like either <laughs> like that dark red yeah, or like, like purple, gray. right? 
So this is another lesson, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> recon missions. Yeah. Uh, prior to the uh, you know day one production uh, might mm-hmm. might behoove you in the future, right? To understand the the uh, conditions. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, I I went in and I sent them pictures, and I think it being kind of one of or at least for me and myself is uh first like mural. I didn't really have this preparatory mindset. I didn't yeah. really know, okay, I need to dust the walls or right. I need this and that. But now moving forward, it's like we've talked like as a learning experience. So Absolutely. before I check in, I'll think about, can think about the conditions of like, okay, is it <laughs> yeah, hot? Yeah. Do I need a yeah. fan? Yeah. Uh, all the small well, stuff. Yeah. Like, stuff. Yeah. yeah all, those, all those little details that we didn't like take into account. And now, now we know. Yeah. I know. And knowing <laughs> is half the battle. Yeah, knowledge is power, right? Whatever they say. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, no, that's. I mean, it, but it's 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 you know it's the price of an education. You know what I mean? Like like you Experience. know now you're wiser. Yeah, that yeah. was the whole point, right? Right. Yep. You know. Right, right, right. I'm a big fan of jumping before you look. Sometimes I mean, you know, yeah. sometimes if you look, you don't jump. Yeah, it's kind of fun. That's that most way. people keeps keeps things interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. So what's next? I mean, where do you guys go from here? Like, oh man. To- <laughs> Sorry, let's bask in the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Like, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. We just finished like three hours <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. ago. We're like, like, oh yeah, there's oh, like basket, basking in the moment. Like, life. I mean, yeah. just heading back home. For me, at least, just heading back home, getting back to work and painting, reaching out and hustling, mm-hmm. trying to get more projects mm-hmm. and things booked. Mm-hmm. That's really it for me. I'm jumping around here a little bit, but will you guys have prints or merch or anything made from the artwork that you created? I mean, obviously with, you know, the company being a print company, you know, and, and the artwork is, you know, some of your freshest. Do you see merchandising it? Probably not no. for me. No. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Probably not the specific art that was on the wall, mm-hmm. but um, I've kind of been working that similar style over the past couple months and found something that I really like. And I talked to the people at the print shop and they, you know, um, they're able to work out some, that was kind of part of the agreement. I was like, okay, you paint, paint on the wall and we'll hook you up with some cool t-shirts or mm-hmm. something. And I, that's something I've never really, that's a path I've never really gone down. Like mm-hmm. I've gotten prints made, but I've never done like shirts or merchandise or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I think this was a great opportunity to start since the, you know, the opportunities there. And so I figure might as well, Try it out and see how it, see how it works. Elias, are you a full time artist? I am. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. How do yeah. you? Where does most of your bread and butter come from? Like, is it primarily murals or is it commercial work? Um, or like, how do you support yourself? It's with a your art? little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything. So I sell paintings, and um, every now and then I'll do like a trade show where I have a booth mm-hmm. or something, and I'll sell prints and um, a little bit from murals and mm-hmm. like a little bit from prints, a little bit from art. So yeah. yeah. Did you go to art school? How did you? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In Texas. Yeah, in Texas, yeah, nice. Art Institute of Dallas. I didn't really like it too much. Mm-hmm. It was like, I, so I have a degree in graphic design. Yep. But I just kind of took all of the skills that I learned from that to apply it to art. Like how to use Photoshop, how to edit videos, mm-hmm. how to do this and that. <clears throat> didn't really like doing the graphic design thing, like making brochures and stuff. But it all came in handy at, you know, different points in my life. But more for the fine art. Yeah. My fine art career. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So are you still doing... To support yourself, do you still have like those clients and those graphic design jobs that you don't like um, doing, but they pay the bills? Or are you are you kind of no. getting rid of that now? I used to try on. and do that, yeah, but I just just didn't. I don't know, it just didn't work out. I was yeah. I was working with a guy for a little bit. 
where he would send me just extra work that he had. And he was straight up. He's like, dude, everybody knows Photoshop these days. Being a graphic designer is not the move. Like you have really yeah. cool fine art stuff. Right. I would stick to that, but make sure that you know, like how to make it happen. Yeah. Like make sure you know what you're doing before you just like jump. And I kind of made the mistake of doing that of just like, Oh, I'm going to be an artist. And then I just did it. And then about a weekend I was like, Oh, wait a second. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> regroup. Some, yeah. Right. Sometimes it's okay to like, you know, jump out of the plane and build your parachute on the way down. But yeah. like I've got a mortgage and a family and a baby yeah. and stuff. And that, I mean, I'm looking back at it now and that wasn't maybe the best decision, but it's still, everything's still cool. It's all working out. And if I learned anything from the last Not Real Art conference, it was just like, you can make it happen if you are willing to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Like you have to really put the work in and, you know, get outside of your comfort zone, talk to people, put the work in. And that's kind of where I've been at for the past couple months is like, okay, if I want to be an artist, I need to be an artist. Like if I want to make money, I need to make money. If I want to make this happen, I need to make it happen. So I've been really motivated and trying to, you know, be self-disciplined enough to treat this as like a full-time gig and not just like tell people like, Oh yeah, I'm an artist. I'm pretty cool. You might've heard of me. (laughs) I really don't talk to anybody unless, you know, at an art conference or doing something art related. I'm usually just in my art studio cranking out artwork and, you know, trying to make it happen. Yeah. 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 How about you, JR? What's, uh, are you supporting yourself full-time with your art? Um, so I teach tennis. <laughs> well, that expa- explains the uh, tennis physique. Um, so <laughs> especially these past eight, nine months, I get up at like 5.30, 6 in the morning, go to work by 8. Where uh, do you teach? I teach in Paulus Verdes at Tennis Power Academy. Mm-hmm. And I leave there sometimes at 8, 8.30, 9 sometimes. And from 9.30, 10 at 10 p.m. till like 2, 3 a.m. I'm just grinding out whatever I need to do for my art. And the goal is hopefully that, you know, I could make art uh, a career, a living uh, career. So my this, quote, passion project can, can fully support me and then I could do tennis on the side but, instead. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing, like, you know, and this, I don't mean, uh, this is nothing but a compliment, but you're a freak of nature, my man. I mean, because you are, and it sounds like you are an artist and an athlete. Usually, you don't get both. Like, the people I know, they're either, if they're athletes, they're athletes. If they're artists, they're artists. Sounds like you got both going on. So, I would, I don't like bragging, but like, <laughs> Do brag. it. Stop Come on, man. Hey, this if is you don't, shine. that's right. Do if you it. don't, uh, you know, if, you know, if you don't love yourself, no one else is going to love yourself. I, I, I'm pretty decent at tennis, <laughs> but. What, how old were you when you started playing tennis? Five six maybe. Did you and so you com- you did well. You competed at a high level. Did you play? I did well. Competed well. Nationally ranked. Went to UCLA on a scholarship. Played there, but it just what it wasn't something that made me happy. It was something more for my parents. Parents wanted to yep. really push me to do it. I totally get that. But I learned real quick that you know if I did well in tennis, there was a certain incentive to it. So how it all started off when I was really young was if I, I brought, I basically convinced them that like, okay, if I win this tournament, will you buy me Legos? And I just started winning all the tournaments 
more Legos start showing up. <laughs> Soon enough, Legos. Quid pro quo. I love yeah. it. Uh, Legos uh, changed into like clothes and next, you know, it was money. But then once I got to UCLA, it was like, okay, well, I've reached where I wanted to go and there's no real incentive for mm. me to do this anymore. And I had a real a hard look about it. It's like, well, I don't really want to do it because it's, it's not yeah. fun to me. So right. I th- graduated with a political science degree, parents thought I was going to go to law school, but um, just wasn't something that was going to make me happy either. And I thought about, okay, how do I take, you know, per- perhaps like the skill sets that I- I'm good at and apply it to what I love? And so with art, you know, I'm, I'm really disciplined about a little bit of everything. It's a little neurotic at sometimes, but um yeah, this obsession for like, let's say to be extraordinary or to be great, how I was with tennis is now applied to say yes. my art. And now yes. it's like every day, it's whatever it takes for me to be successful in the same degree that I was at tennis. Right, right. Yeah. That's such a great story, man. And I'm, I'm sort of, I'm thinking about, you know, my business partner, Man One, shout out Man One. He actually competed at a very high level playing soccer and got a scholarship to Loyola Marymount for soccer and could have gone pro. Uh, but this was, you know, back in the day when, you know, in this country anyway, soccer really wasn't like yeah. where it is now and it's still not where it needs to be, but you know what I mean? So, but I mean, he, uh, soccer was his jam. I mean, he was really good at it, but he was goalie. And I always thought it was interesting to think about the eye hand coordination involved in being a good goalie and the eye hand coordination involved in being a good artist and how those things kind of might complement each other, support each other. And, you know, I'm sort of thinking maybe tennis is a similar thing. It would say it's, I mean, so as like a tennis instructor compared to, let's say, the other instructors at the academy, uh, the other instructors, I would say, are very, very technical. I don't speak or talk anything like them. Mm-hmm. I'm just like the the black sheep there. Mm-hmm. How I approach like my tennis is very intuitive and feeling based. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for very similarly with my art style where, you know, I, I wish I had gone to like an art school and I could learn that, that technical aspect, but I don't think that's necessarily me. And that's mm-hmm. where this whole freestyle, just kind of whatever feelings kind of come up and just kind of curate that as, mm-hmm. as I go. And that's kind of how I just play tennis as well. That's that's really cool, man. Because, I mean, that feels really like human and like natural and raw, like primal almost, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, Devana, I know you you support yourself full time because mm-hmm. you, you and your man, you've got your graphic design business, your branding agency. Mm-hmm. You've got your, your fine art mm-hmm. uh, practice. Talk a little bit about your business and how you support yourself. Yeah, so for me, so yeah, you brought up like the branding company and that was something that I created with my husband about five years ago. Well, I guess like three years ago is really when the branding company started. But it was funny because like the way I got into painting was like in college, I went to college for craft design. Like my whole life was set up to be like the best craft designer in the world. Like that's what I wanted to do. And then I take a painting class and I'm like, I hate graphic design. Like I have so much creative freedom, <laughs> like painting, like this is what I want to do. I'm going to switch my whole career and all my plans to do painting. And then like long story short, we end up, I started like this com- lifestyle brand and company with my husband and we end up pivoting it to turn into a branding company just so like we can get to where we wanted to be as a couple, yep. and, you know, 
the freedom that we wanted faster. And I had to bite the bullet and make that sacrifice. And I'm like, oh, now I got to do graphic design and branding and all that <laughs> stuff again that I said I wasn't going to do. But I will do it because sometimes you do have to do. It's not all like rain or rainbows and unicorns. Like yeah. sometimes you have to make those sacrifices to reach your goals and your dreams. So I built the branding company um, to a successful branding company with my husband for the past three and a half years. And then last year I was able to like exit the company technically so I can focus on myself, mm-hmm. focus on my art again. Um, Cause I couldn't do both. Like I tried really hard to balance like doing the business and like doing the painting stuff, but I just, I couldn't, it was just, yeah. it was just too hard. And I just had to make that decision. So it's really been like a year of me, like focusing on my brand and almost kind of like starting over in a sense right. um, and doing my art stuff. But the main way that like I support myself, obviously my husband helps a lot with having the business, but also for me, like I uh, sell reproductions like canvas prints and mm-hmm. prints online. And mm-hmm. I have an online store. Um, a lot of it is also like commissions. And then I'm also, uh, I've been pushing a live painting service. So like for events or corporate events. So fun, yeah. Yeah, um, business events. I um, mean, being like having had built the branding company, I have a huge network like in online business and online marketing. I know a lot of people that throw like entrepreneurial conferences yeah. and masterminds and all that. So I've been kind of like pushing doing live painting for these events because some of, like, some of them are really cool, but you, they don't really see like art right. and stuff. That's so. Right. It's a little bit like of a, a and test. people line up. They love that stuff. Yeah, they it's do like magic. love it. Yeah, but it's also like I have to sell it too because they're like, oh, because they've never really like seen it done before. But right. once I'm there, like I've done several now, and it's just like once I'm there, they're like, oh wow, like everybody loves it. So it's right. been really like a cool thing to like push and experiment with too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's so fascinating too, right? Because I mean, it's like one of those things. It's like it's hard for people to visualize, but when they when they do see it, yeah. they're like. Oh, now I get it, but it's like so obvious, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> for us, obviously. For us. For us. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, like that, that's one of the things, like, you know, in my career, like when I think about how many times I've been frustrated by the fact that somebody in a leadership position with the uh, responsibility for purchasing creative services don't have one creative bone in their body or can't visualize I Jack. I know. You know, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, you know, I mean, you know, that's why they call it work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it has been really nice, too, because I look at it in this way where it's like, you know, I had to think about, okay, like, there's so many ways that you can make money as an artist, which yeah. is why, like, you know, I told you, like, I want to start Gangstar Creative, start a podcast and some sort of educational platform mm-hmm. to share these secrets that all these har- artists yeah. keep with them because it's like so many people like us want to know how to make it. I mean, people, artists don't like talking about money and all that, but, like, that's life. Like, yeah. you have to respect the money you have to be confident in yourself you have to Mm -hmm. do the business side of it and like be proud of that and not be afraid of that because that comes with it unless you really just want to like do it as a hobby fine that's you but i mean for all of us like we want to do this thing and like support ourselves and the only way we're going to do that is if we make money and put ourselves out there so it's just like okay what is like the smartest way i can do this like i like commissions and i'd love to do murals i can't do murals like every month we were like talking about yeah. this earlier like he was like hey could you see yourself doing this like just mural murals like full time and i'm like ah, we we would i would need some breaks so it's like if i can <laughs> yeah. at least book like one mural and then like maybe one commission and then if i can get two like live painting gigs like, i'd be doing pretty awesome for yeah. myself and then obviously i get some cash flow through from my um art store but it's just like 
you got to also like think smart because if you just say like, hey, I just want to do murals, it's like you're going to push yourself to the edge and your body's going to break, essentially. Well, it's that old saying about, you know, work smart, then work hard. Yeah. You know, I've, I love working. I've, my work ethic is off the charts because, you know, my parents' work ethic is off the charts. And, you know, however, uh, working smart is the secret, you know, and that's about being strategic and clever and figuring out how to make the most amount of money for the least amount of effort. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How to make money when you sleep. Yes. Right. How does one plus one equal three? Mm-hmm. You know, connecting the dots in innovative ways. And, uh, you know, artists are uniquely capable of, well, they're in the intellectual property business yeah. fundamentally. And being in the IP business does give you the opportunity if you're working smart and what have yeah. you to make money when you sleep because you can license those rights Mm -hmm. and you can, you know, I mean, there's no silver bullet. It absolutely is hard work. And even you could do everything right. But if Lady Luck isn't on your side, like, you know, like 90% of small businesses fail because it's fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's not, you know, 90% of businesses uh, fail not because, well, they pay for all, they, you know, there's lots of reasons, but I think the implication sometimes is, well, it was a bad idea or the people didn't work hard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Actually, sure, those are, th- that happens. But like majority of those companies and businesses fail because of shit that was totally out of their control. Yeah. I think, my theory, you know, and then just like all, just, it is the hardest. So that's why actually, I think that, you know, part of the reason what's so great about being an artist is that the joy and the and the and the compensation comes from the process. Like we mm-hmm. love the nature of the work. We love doing what we do. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a reward in and of itself, you know. Yeah. And um obviously we have bills to pay. Obviously you got to make money, but I'm just saying like for us we get up in the morning, we love what we do. We yeah. go we don't want to go to bed at night cuz we don't want to stop yeah. doing what we're doing, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Absolutely. Yeah. And I think before, like what you were saying about, you know, being able to deal with things, you know, things happen that are out of your control, but being able to deal with those things in a positive way yes. mm-hmm. to where it doesn't affect you, you know, mentally to where you're just like shut down. Like even, I mean, that's why I like being able to do the murals and it's kind of like a small part of life where you're like, okay, some, you know, I'm painting this thing and it dripped in a weird way and I didn't want that to happen, but it's okay. I'll just turn it into something else. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, my dad was always telling me that kind of stuff. It's like, well, you know, that's like life. Sometimes you just got to <laughs> take it and run with it and deal with it, you know, because it's going to happen no matter what. And you can either sit there and worry about it or you can, you know, use it to your advantage. And so being able to take those things like, okay, well, I didn't expect that to happen, but hey, at least, you know, now I can do this or that opens the door for this. Being able to look at it that way mm-hmm. can keep you going, but it's very hard to do that, you know, stay in that mindset all the time it can be daunting. Like you have those moments, like even yesterday, you know, I was just looking at the mirror and I was like, dang it. All right. I still have enough, you know, I haven't gotten too far on the mural yet. I still have enough black paint in there to just like cover it up. And if I work quick, I can just, you know, I can start over and make something better. It's like, I was mm. like hell no. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> no, that's not the move, man. Like we're too far into this. And, but I think our, our team effort has been really helpful. I know these guys helped me out a ton. Like, Yesterday was kind of a rough day. They gave us the keys. We're like, all right, you know, you guys can stay however long you need to. And 
lock up and I was just drained and they were like, yeah, I think you should call it, man. I was just like, all right, I can just, I got to go up the ladder one more time. Every time I was like going up the ladder, I was like, all right, just one more time, just one more time <laughs> and then I'll be done. And it's like, well, I got this section and the more I can finish now, the less we have to do tomorrow. And it's like, I'm about ready to be done. And they were like, yeah, just call it. Like, it's okay. Let's go, guys. Let's let's get out of here. Well, you know, it's so interesting too, right? I mean, trusting yourself, trusting the process, yeah. trusting your intuition, trusting your gut, you know, just like trying to, you know, trying to just navigate, navigate the process and like not pressure. Just, I mean, it's that it's a balancing act, you know, I think. I mean, I think about some of my greatest failures in life have been because I wasn't listening to my gut or I wasn't tuned in to my intuition mm-hmm. in that moment. Cause I think there's that battle between your heart and your, in your head, yeah. you know, and they absolutely both have roles to play. Like I don't advocate for being like all intuition and I don't advocate for being like all intellect. It's that sort of that dance between the two and like figuring mm-hmm. out the rhythm and, and where that pathway is, is like the key. But you know, you, 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 you exercise those muscles, like with projects like that and you'll get, yeah. you know, you get better and better, you know? Yeah. Mental and physical muscles mm-hmm. climbing up on ladders. Usually physical. Yeah. It's, it's tough work. It, it'll drain you, but it's all worth it. It's so worth it It is to watch it all come together and to have fun. I did a backflip off of a ladder. Did you? He d- well, like a- <laughs> it was like a, it was like in between the ladder. <laughs> Yeah, like he, I don't know, in gymnastics, don't, don't, they don't would call it like the, a skip. Yeah. Don't mislead the, the listeners. Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't a backflip off of the ladder. It was a backflip through the ladder. Yeah. And then I landed in the Spider-Man stance. And it was cool. We did a lot <laughs> Jesus of- Jesus Christ, we got athletes coming over. Yeah, the tennis guy here, did yeah. you play sports coming up? Yeah, I'm a pretty big guy in my whole life. Everyone has just always <laughs> been like, dude, you're so big. Why don't you play basketball? So I was like, All right, I'll try it. Tried it. Hated it. Everyone made fun of me. I'm like, oh, dude, you're so big. Why don't you play football? I played football. I, I was really good at it. I could have gone somewhere with it, but I just did not. I was not about getting yelled at, and I wasn't about, like, the competitiveness because I was like, dude, let's all just be cool, man. Yeah, you know, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to outwork you and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, this isn't for me. So I joined the art class in, like, eighth grade, and I was like, <laughs> I like this way better. Like, <laughs> everyone's super chill. Like, art teacher's nice to me, and, like, I like this vibe. And then I kind of forgot about it for, for years, and I played soccer mm-hmm. um, for a year, and everyone was cool. It was my first time. I was a goalie. I'm like, dude. If you, if someone scores on you, it's your first year. No one's going to care. But if you like make a save, everyone's going to love it because it's your first year. And I was like, all right, you guys are cool. I like the soccer kids. But then I just got too involved in other stuff to quit sports. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to do art. So I did like a lot of martial arts and. Oh, right on. That's where the flipping comes in apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Like skateboarding and and sports that you can excel at just kind of by yourself. Yeah, right. Singular team that's like relying on me or anything like that. It's just kind of all my own thing and at my own pace and that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. How about you, Devon? Did you play sports coming up? Um, I did gymnastics and yeah, just gymnastics. I did cheerleading, but I don't really. Gymnastics is no joke. I mean, that's not. (laughs) It's hard, but. Some serious stuff. Yeah, it was. I competed. I I did gymnastics pretty much since I was eight. And then in high school, I competed mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, listening to you guys talk because, you know, part of the, one of the reasons why, you know, I wanted to start Not Real Art and, and the conference and everything we're doing is because, you know, I don't know about you guys, but like, you know, and I'm a lot older than you, but like when I came up and I listen, I'm a working class kid from Gary, Indiana. Right. So, 
you know, my dad worked at the steel mill and the whole thing, but like the tax base in our community was really good. So, uh, cause you know, the economy was good. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, our school, I had a very, uh, good liberal arts education at my public school. So we had great academics, but we also had, and we had great sports, but we also had great arts and music and theater and stuff. So, That's cool. um, I am, and I was a good student. I wasn't valedictorian, but I was an honor student and some, you know, so I did well. I was a B student. I wasn't mm-hmm. straight A's. But, um, and I played sports and I played, you know, I studied music and theater and, you know, all that. But I am who I am because of that liberal arts background. And now we're like living at a time where these programs are getting cut, you know, yeah. like, yeah. and, you know, and so what's going to happen to those kids? We can't just be, you know, uh, about numbers and letters. I mean, those are critical. Like, we need numbers and letters, but you need the arts, you need, you know. And so as I was thinking about like, how how can how can businesses how can the for profit sector help to start kind of bridging that gap in at least in terms of giving people access to information and empowering them so on and so forth so for me like not only is not real art about helping artists tell their stories and empowering them and stuff but i'm hoping that as we do that younger kids will plug in and hear you guys talk about and get inspired. Yeah. You know, my God, like if, if, if I thought this 13, you know, 13 year old kid in Ohio, who's feeling like, you know, his options are limited, heard this podcast. Yeah. And was inspired by you guys. Keep grinding, bro. That's not right. (laughs) We'll see you at the top. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. You know, because I know how important the arts were to me, you know, to make sure that we can do whatever we can do to, help those other kids like me and like all of us who, you know, art changed our lives and, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah I really think that art is kind of a relative level playing field. Everyone has kind of an equal opportunity. You just have to be both like creative and put in, put in the work. Yep. I mean, it, there's no, I don't think that there's any real limitations to any of us, but ourselves. And I think as artists, uh, it's funny because Birdman asks, what's the most frustrating thing about being an artist? I think it's being an artist. Yeah. <laughs> in itself is so frustrating because as a as a profession, as a career, you're not just an artist as just who paints or does creative work, but you're you're a problem solver. Yes. You're just constantly having to solve issues and solve problems. Yes. You see a blank canvas. Your problem is to fill, fill, uh, to, to solve it by filling it with work, and you're always constantly faced with, okay, how do I, how do I develop myself? How do I grow? How do I make money? This and that. Everyone as an artist is faced with a series of challenges, and we're always having to, 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 to solve those those issues. And it doesn't stop from at the lowest level to the highest level. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, if through my work or anyone's work or through the work that we do and we could just really inspire someone to say to give them that confidence that like hey you know if they could do it i could do it yep Mm -hmm. if human says that you know where she's at and she's doing these murals and she says yeah yeah all i have to do is just ask the company uh, if i could do it soon enough i'm doing my first mural boom (laughs) and it it just it levels out the playing field for everyone in the creative fields. Think when you see someone who's made it, and you see where they've come from, and you it, that gives you that hope. Like, hey, if they could do it, I could do it. Why not me? 
Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. And you know, it's like I'm reminded of the story I read. So there's a book called "The uh, Orbiting the Giant Hairball." Have you guys read this book? No. Okay, so "Orbiting the Giant Hairball" is written by the uh, guy, this guy by the name of Gordon McKenzie. Okay, now Gordon was the chief creative officer at Hallmark Cards, mm-hmm. right? So he wrote this book many years ago now. Um, but the whole the premise of the book was all about like. How do you maintain your artistic integrity when you're working like he did at a big corporation when you've got, you know, you got to worry about shareholders or the board or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, so that's what the book's about. But he told the story because he would always go and speak to school kids and so on and so forth. And the story is is very interesting and gut-wrenching too because basically he said, you know, like anytime I talk to school kids, I always start with the same question. And so in kindergarten, he'll say... You know, who here is an artist? And of course, every kindergartner raises their hand, you know? Mm-hmm. First grade, ask the same question. Half the class raises their hand. Yeah. By the time they get to third grade, like one little kid in the back is like raising their hand. Yeah, I'm an artist. Now, that's so like like an interesting and sad story because like clearly we're all born to believe we're artists and we have an ex- a desire to express ourselves creatively. And then whatever system we've designed somehow is like, squeezing and sort of squeezing that out of us and that's tragic right because the problem is like the majority of the of the problems that mankind's faces now today are not going to be solved by the same old thinking mm-hmm. right right absolutely i think society now wants us to conform to a certain system and i think it's our individuality and our you know independence that's really i think if every individual i think every individual is gifted with a certain set of talents and gifts yes and that we should all i think it's in our best interest to use what we have but some of us either it's like fear or whatever insecurity mm-hmm. we we keep those to ourselves or we choose not to express or tap into those talents and, and, and that ultimately hurts the greater good yeah so yeah, I think if we could really t- tap into that our our talents and really you know our individuality and use that towards our advantage. Everyone is so unique. So everyone, I can't do what Devana does. I can't do what you do or anyone else. But I could. I can, I am me. And I yeah. could do the best me. Yeah. And that's that. That's that's all we could really do. I think sometimes too, like some people don't know what their creative thing is Mm -hmm. they just haven't been exposed to like what it is that they like to do or you know they don't they want to do something different than you know work at such and such as you know law firm or whatever but they just haven't found what it is that um that brings them joy and that they can express creatively like they it's in there somewhere but i think it's for people like us to help those people say, Hey, like, you know, what's your thing? Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, okay, let's figure it out. Like, this is my thing. I like to paint. I like to do this. I like to do that. Like, cause so many people, and if I'm painting a mural or doing a painting, like, Oh man, I wish I could do that. I, I can't, I can't even draw a stick figure. It's like, well, first of all, thing. have you ever tried to draw a stick figure? Yep. Have you ever sat down and had a desire to draw a stick figure? Yep. Have you ever asked anyone how to draw a stick figure? Have you took tried, a class on yeah, stick figure Have you ever maybe tried to sculpt a stick figure or like, you know, people don't realize it's like the creative, everybody's creative in some facet or like, you know, one of my neighbors would say like, man, that's so cool that you just paint in your garage. Like, I wish I could do that. And it's like, well, I wish I could have a yard like yours, man. Cause 
you know, look at your bushes. They're amazing. <laughs> it's like people do creative stuff. They just don't realize it. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a very, I think, um, a very one dimensional view of what art is yeah. and what creativity is. And I think a lot, and that's again, why I love our name, not real art, because, you know, this is about trying to, to, to disrupt this idea of what art is and what or what it isn't. But the yeah. reality is there are all kinds of art, uh, you know, art styles or, or ways of expressing yourself, forms of art, the many forms of art. And, you know, my thing is uh, also about trying to, you know, whatever we can do to empower artists to wake up to their power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, and by the way, yeah, JR, you're the political scientist here. Uh, you might have a lot to say about this, but this is my problem with, with Democrats right now <laughs> because the Republicans know how to fight. And I'm not trying to get into politics right now, but I'm just saying like, thing about Republicans is they know how to fucking fight. And Democrats, I think a lot of times we don't know how to fight, you know, and we're bringing, we're bringing uh, uh, knives to gunfights, you know? And I'm a, you know, like I'm liberals that come, but like, you know, like I like to fucking win, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, and it, the you know, so what well, the point I'm getting at is that artists are, I think, unfortunately, sometimes uh, easily exploited. Mm-hmm. And they're easily exploited because they're happy to get that wall and paint for free because they get that wall. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if artists can wake up to the power that they have, because here's the thing. Capital can't do shit without us. us. Yeah. Right? right. Times Square in New York would not exist if there weren't architects. Mm-hmm. You think about all the advertising billboards uh, and all the design and all the artwork in Times Square that makes it so cool and interesting and, you know, yeah. all by artists, you know, but it's a symbiotic thing. I mean, capital needs us. We need capital, but like capital tends to get, get, get over on us because we don't know we're not woke to our own power mm-hmm. and we don't stand firm in terms of our worth and our value. Yeah. And it's not about getting rich. This is about a fair market price for our services. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. I just heard recently it's better like people have started to shift like artists have shift like I'm going to base my price off of my talent and not off of your budget. Um because right. I think that's where I've fallen a lot. People ask like, "Hey, this is a cool painting. Like how much is it?" Like, well, okay, it's this much. Like, oh, okay, like mm, that's a little much. Like, okay, well, maybe we can like work something out or, you know, you're my cousin's, you know, <laughs> you're, you're my wait. cousin's wife's coworker. So like, I'll give you a discount or something yeah, like that. And, yeah. Like, it's hard because, you know, when you're dealing in like with art stuff, it's like you, everyone says like, oh, you wouldn't ask a doctor for a discount or yeah. you wouldn't ask a plumber to do that. But then like, if it's my mom, I'll hook my mom up. You it's always the reserve time. the right for the yeah. friends and family rate. Like yeah. that's yeah. like, that goes with every, the plumbers give the friends and family rate too. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's all perspective though. Cause like, yeah, yeah it's like, it's all perspective because people i think it's like something that artists have to stand firm on and that's why i'm so strong and against like the whole starving artist mentality is because people once once they think like art and creativity they think like no value unless like you're you know in a gallery and you're like Mm -hmm. all of that like you're you're a certain like persona but like the society is not educated on the value of art and a lot of that's due to artists who do stuff for free it's to the media and movies and how artists are portrayed yeah. and so like people 
don't really know a lot about art. And it's our duty and our responsibility to educate and educate our clients and prospects on like how we want to be treated and how the art society as a whole needs to be treated. So it's like also it's just like if you're an artist who is thinking about offering do, like to do your work for free, you're doing such a injustice to all of us sitting here. Devalues right the whole profession. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I think that's something, especially, I mean, that's really difficult for me. Cause like I got, I got an opportunity to do a bunch of murals at an elementary school and they have all of these walls and it looks like a prison in there. And they're just like, please, you know, do whatever you want. Just make this place look cool. We can't pay you, but we have all of the paint that you could want. And, you know, we'll put you on our Facebook page and all that. And yeah. I was like, okay, like I have to really think about this. Like, okay, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And the first day that I started painting the wall, I was just painting it white. Like I didn't do anything crazy. And <laughs> yeah. All the kids were just like, oh my gosh, so much better. This is amazing. Uh -huh. And the teachers were like, wow, it looks so much brighter in here. And I was like, wait till you guys, wait till you see what I like put some color on it. So like yeah. for me, I'll do stuff like that as long as I'm making an income some other way. Yeah. And yeah. I, I have There's the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I will do that. And I was able to like, talk with the principal and I was like, okay, how can we make this worth my time? Like, it's awesome to see the kids come in there and they're inspired and they want to be artists and stuff. But I also like I have a family at home. Like I need to get, I need to get some type of traction. He's like, all right, um, you know, I'll send it out to all of my people and you know, the boards of such and such. And so I just had this idea. I was like, oh, I'll write a press conference or a press release. Mm -hmm. like, I've never done that before. I wrote up a press release. I sent it out the next morning and within like two hours, like one of the main like news stations in Utah, wrote me back and was like, Hey, like, we'd love to come. Like, are you available to do this in like 30 minutes? It's like, Holy smokes. All right. <laughs> and then, you know, within 30 minutes after they had sent me that thing, like they're at the school with cameras and stuff. And it just kind of taught me, it's like, okay, if you just, it's, it goes back to just like having the desire and like having the work ethic to make this work, to make it work. So it's like, yeah, I'm doing the wall for free, but like good things can come out of it opportunities and we all inspiration need and we all need lost leaders right and mm -hmm. and that's i mean big companies do this all the time you know mm -hmm. they're lost leaders because they're you know they're they're part of a bigger vision they're part of like okay well i'm gonna give this away freebies right or yeah. whatever i'll give this freebie away the sample away this product you know this this swag away whatever it is because that's gonna build loyalty or what i mean Loss leaders are absolutely important in business sometimes, but it's, it's striking that balance, right? You know, my, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, uh, we, man, one and I talk about this a lot too, because, you know, I, these are, these are complex, complicated problems. I mean, there's no silver bullet, you know, but you, you look for answers that are, I, I don't know, easy to apply. Yeah. Right. And, you know, if you agree that, you know, with a premise like this, like, so, so I would argue that artists would rather sell their work than not. Absolutely. I would argue that artists want their work out in the world rather than in their studio. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. Well, yeah, maybe you want to save some pieces, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, I mean, I've had experiences where like I create a piece and I'm like, man, this is great. I'm going to sell it. And then as soon as I sell it, I just have this feeling, oh man, like, that was kind of cool. I like, miss it. I'm going to miss it. In studio, but, you know, it's your the, little baby. Yeah, sometimes the check is a little better. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, listen, I mean, there are, 
you know, there are variables to everything. But the but the point I'm getting at is like I try to boil it down sometimes to some simple ideas or concepts that might could apply, right? So for example, like if you like, what do you want to make in a year? Right? Like what salary? Or wait, wait, you know, oh, okay, I'd like to make a hundred grand. Well, that'd be great. If I could make a hundred grand a year, I'd be rich. Like that'd be that'd be an awesome year. Cool. All right. Well, how many hours in a week? How many weeks in a year? Like, what's that hourly mm-hmm. rate? Okay. Yeah. So whatever that is, let's just say it's 30 bucks an hour. Well, then you know what a time, an hour of your time is worth. Part of the problem I think that artists have in pricing and business and stuff is that they don't even understand what an hour of their time is worth or what mm-hmm. they want to bill it at. Yeah. And again, I'm talking about a fair market rate. I'm not talking about getting rich or whatever. I'm talking about a rational approach to how you charge. That's it. And so, okay, if you have a painting or depending on what you're doing, it's like, okay, well, I've got 40 hours in this at 30 bucks an hour, whatever that is. And okay, fine. That might seem like it's not enough money. Okay. Let's just say the canvas is four by six and you're charging 500 bucks for it. But if you, but you're, you're feeling like, oh shit, maybe it should be two grand, you know, but here's the thing at two grand, it doesn't sell at 500. It sells all day long. Yeah. Right. And so you, so you have to ask yourself, like, what about volume? Right. You know, like, do I, do I rather be selling than not? Well, I want that canvas out in the world for five. Do I want that 500 bucks or not? And by the way, like you're going to create all, you know, 10 more canvases this month. Right. And then that's, that's money coming in. And if, if you're able to somehow bill out or charge for 40 hours of your time a week for 50 weeks a year, suddenly you're making 80, hundred, $120,000 a year. Right. And, and you've sold a bunch of work and it's, you know, and again, I, it, I don't mean to, to make this sound like it's a silver bullet or whatever, cause it's not, it's hard and it's all this stuff. But I just think that we have to start thinking differently about our value, how we charge, how we got to test different pricing yes. models. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's just an experiment. You just experiment. Because I tell you what, there's a lot of canvases that I know that are sitting unsold because they're overpriced or that people might love them, but they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. might be worth two grand to you. But if it doesn't sell, it's what the market will bear, right? Yeah. So anyway, Jerry, you were going to say something? I was just going to say it also boils down to what our val- our values and what our choice of lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I, I mean, I I would consider that I sell my, my work at a little higher premium just because uh, I don't push out quantity. Right. right? And so I really – my approach is with what I do is like the exclusivity of my work. Like yep. I don't do commission projects mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay, going back to what, what do I value my time? Yep. Or maybe not just value the time, but maybe the effort that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Like had I known we'd be in like a sauna, then I might have to consider, okay, what is my time worth? Plus like the energy <laughs> pain effort. and suffering. Yeah. The pain and suffering. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and then going back to values, I mean, I see people. I love the reason why I love that it, your the title of uh, your company and your work is not real art because art is super subjective. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if I had to be critical of other artists, quote, I see a lot of crap out there. Yep. And people push crap to other people, and people buy it, mm-hmm. and at like ridiculous prices and i'm like you know what like how is how is the effort 
of of this compared to that value significantly higher and i, I think it just you know the it goes back to to values mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah it, it's crazy that people would go so far as to 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 sell crap to other people but you know i think personally i would rather hold on to my self-worth of then than to devalue it just to get the sales and yeah yeah sometimes you know like I'll, I'll i'll bring it down just because you know i really think that this person should 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 have it but you know to really sell out for money going back to values is you know asking yourself as an artist what is your intention yes. what are you trying yes. to yes. get out yes what is success to yes. you yes um i just had this art show this past weekend prior to that <laughs> was about Actually, during the event, I kept asking myself, what is success to me? Mm. If I sold all my paintings, is that successful? Like, if I had 100 grand right now, would that mean I, I made it? Mm-hmm. I think it really varies from person to person. But for me, it was just looking back, making those meaningful con- connections mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. will accelerate and propel my career into further opportunities. Yes. So, I sold a couple pieces, sold some um, clothing, didn't sell everything, but... I think the promises of opportunities in the future is what makes 100% that success. What I appreciate about what you're saying, JR, is the fact that and you're hitting on such a powerful point and I and and I want to we we need to spell this out, right? Like like the art community, artists, the artist community, I mean, is so not a monolithic community. Like every artist is really unique, right? In mm-hmm. terms of what their vision is for their work, what their vision is for their, dare I say, their brand, you know, their business model. What is their business model? Is it, are they strictly doing like, you know, trying to do the gallery thing and like selling canvases and like doing that? Or are they more diversified? Do they, you know, are they selling prints or are they doing commercial commercial work and commission work? And, you know, everyone's different. And I think that you know, it is, it is, you know, people just need to your point, like look in the mirror and say like, what is success for me? You know, how, how do I define this for myself? Um, because it's, uh, it is very much, um, a personal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean the business model thing, like you were talking about, you know, the school thing, like, yeah. you know, they didn't have a budget or whatever, but like in business, right. One of the basic concepts is like, if somebody said to you like, okay, we've got, you know, 10 grand for this service or this project or our budget's 10 grand in business. Typically, and this is just like a broad thing, but like you would go, okay, well, obviously I want to, I'm in business to make a profit. Mm-hmm. Right. So say, so, okay, if they've got 10 grand, how can I do that work? And I, and I want a 30% margin on my stuff. Right. So that's 6,000, right. Or is that right? A thousand? No, that would be 3,000 late in the day. That means I need to do this work for seven grand, right? If the budget's 10 grand, I want to do 3,000 profit. I need to do this work for 7,000. So then you you figure out, right, what what you can do for that 7,000, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, artists, um, at least in my experience, you know, they're perfectionist and they, you know, they, they want to do, you know, like what they do and they just almost sometimes don't care. Right. That it's like, okay, the budget's 10 grand, but I'm going to give them $15,000 of the work. They're already in the whole five grand. Right. Um, so it's just like thinking, applying some basic business principles sometimes to figure out like, okay, they don't have any money, but they have a blank wall, 
How can I do this in a way that works for me and my business model? And again, I can get value out of it. But it's, uh, I mean, it's its all, these things are all very unique and different. And it's, you got to just, I, I call them, uh, I call it kissing frogs, you know? You just got to mm-hmm. like, find out what <laughs> yeah, works, you know? One, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as an artist, you have to have that business model. Yeah. I mean, the next girlfriend of mine said it best is that, like, if you don't have that business model, like, that business approach, that business like mindset, then this is just an expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Shall we? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, when I think about various projects over the years that we've done and, and by the way, like I'm talking about creative uh, projects uh, with brands or companies that wanted to hire us for, you know, some sort of commercial work, and, you know, they would say, well, okay, yeah, the, the, you know, it's a creative service They're buying our creative services. They've got 10 grand as a rule. I would always say like the budget's five grand mm-hmm. because the five grand or three, whatever the profit margin, I always just like cut it in half mm-hmm. because I know that if I can do this work for five grand and I make five grand, like that's, I'm going to be a successful business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And by the way, like if you're really good at what you do. You can do it for five grand. Like, you know, like they don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, they and 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 because of if you're clever and resourceful and, you know, you've got some experience and and um you might blow their minds. It's like, oh my God, I only paid you 10 grand. I feel like I got twenty thousand dollars worth of work here and you only did it for five grand. But you know, that I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm good at my job. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're I think you're making a good point and like sharing a good point for artists that are listening because i bet a lot of people aren't really thinking about that and the way you're putting it and that's like you know where it's just like you're an artist we're creatives we want to do the creative thing but just like you also got to think about the business side and how you're going to make it work for you whether you hate money or whatever the issue is just like you still gotta eat you gotta feed your family you gotta do what you want to do and whatever success looks like to you you got to do whatever you have to do to reach that success so but to say money isn't important is would be it's very ignorant yeah. So naive. Uh, so many so artists naive. say that. Mm. It's not <laughs> it's about the money, man. It's not about the money. I don't care about the money. I mean, I get I've money definitely... I'm selling out. Well, then why, <laughs> why, that before. why are you asking me to loan you 500 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah. I think being like being resourceful too is a huge thing. Like oh, if yeah. you can, somebody's paying you, you know, like, like you said, the 10 grand and you need this much for supplies, but you can get the supplies for free. Like I put a thing out on my neighborhood Facebook page. Like, Hey, if anyone has any extra paint in their garage, that's laying around, that's still good. Just drop it on over. I'll come pick it up. And I got so many people like, Oh great. I've been looking for a way to get rid of this, but I didn't know how. So I have all this paint sitting at home now that I can use for murals and, and whatever that I got completely for free. That's like, you know, probably about a thousand dollars worth of paint from home Depot or Lowe's or something. That's just now right. at home at my disposal for free. I brought a lot of it with me here and I didn't use any of it, but I still brought it all. Yeah. Because <laughs> be prepared. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm a hard liner, but I mean, I just feel like, you know, don't call yourself a professional artist if you aren't taking your business seriously. Yeah, and by absolutely. business, I mean money. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there is no shame in the game. You have bills to pay. This yeah. is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking care of your rent and your food and your yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. like that's it. I'm not talking about getting rich or, 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 you know, being greedy. I'm talking about just being rational and sensible and trying to make ends meet. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And that's a big reason why I really love what you created for not real art because I haven't seen any other conferences about where you focus on like the business side of it and like the strategies and tactics. And that's like another a reason why, like for my brand of Gangstar Creative, I was like, I don't really see this. Like more creatives need to step up and be leaders and like share their stories and empower other artists. And that's why like I just I was like, wow, when I saw Human shared on her Instagram about not real art, I'm like, oh, what's this? Like I already go to a lot of business conferences. I'm like, but this one's about art. Like hell yeah i'm coming well that's so cool because i mean here's the thing right like i came up i got my start as a graphic designer in 1988 working as in advertising um in chicago right what's that i'm old baby that's oh, it man. that's it aren't um, you this guy i earned this gray hair are you kidding me gas was um, one dollar yeah <laughs> But in that in that world of of and though back in the day there was a real line between commercial art and fine art, right? Like there was a real line. But on the commercial art side, there were conferences and seminars. Like, I mean, you know, you could always go as a graphic designer, or as a brand strategist or what have you, you, go to these conferences and you meet these other marketing people and you're talking about you know, uh, how to how to be a better uh, design agency or how to be a better marketer or whatever. And, you know, artists uh, just typically don't have this these kinds of opportunities. And so that's why we wanted to do with the conference, just try to help focus on education and professional development. Yeah. You know, how, how can we help uh, level up, you know, yeah. artists level up their game? Uh, around business so for example like you know next year like you know we're already starting to plan the conference for next year right Cool. so i was you know i've been thinking about and by the way i'd love for you guys to you know weigh in here because yeah because i'm thinking like some of the subject matter is probably fundamental enough and important enough that you know we could talk about it again some mm-hmm. of it not all of it so like just for example i don't know like i was thinking like you know, if, if, you know, maybe, you know, licensing is so important these days, like maybe we yeah. talk about licensing yeah. as an example, I'm just saying, but I want to bring in, of course, new stuff. I mean, every year, right. We want to bring in new subject matter. Right. And so next year I'm thinking about bringing in some folks to talk about, uh, negotiating skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like how, you know, how do you negotiate a deal? You know, mm-hmm. what are just the basic tenets of like good negotiation? What about just having communication skills in general? Well, okay. Fair point. Before we go to negotiation, (laughs) I mean. I feel like some of this stuff you have to be like a little bit um, knowledgeable on, you know, like. To begin, yeah. Yeah, to begin with. Because if you can't communicate, it's going to be really hard to negotiate. JR, I'm really glad you said that because because that is fundamental and it's it's one-on-one shit. And we're not even like, negotiation is like 102 maybe. Right? And you're right. Because I said this at the conference, maybe you remember, like, I, and I believe this wholeheartedly, it is, in my book, it is absolutely okay if you're antisocial and don't like going to parties. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. What I'm not fine with is you being inarticulate about your work when asked. Mm-hmm. Right? If yeah. you can't tell your story, who can? 
And by the way, you know, you shouldn't even have to be asked. You should be able to tell your story <laughs> and articulate your unique value in the world yeah. and be mm -hmm. proud of it and do it well. And you, you might not even have to have communication skills. The biggest communicator or tool out there is Instagram. Yeah. All you have to do is just really just put your work out there. And I'm, I'm speaking specifically to a, a student slash artist that I, I coach mm -hmm. and she has an Instagram and she'll say like, oh yeah, I made a, some work. I'm excited to post it later. Never fucking does. Yeah. And I would just get so angry and upset with her. It's because like, how will anyone know you or how would anyone discover or acknowledge you're an artist if I don't, I can't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And that's like the simple fact is that a lot of artists, and I, I admit to it for a long time, is that we keep it to ourselves. Yeah. And, and, and so... Yeah, like, for example, now my weekends are dedicated to physically, I, I don't really particularly like going out mm -hmm. or at least being in very crowded yeah. uh, environments, but I force myself to be in these places just to stand out or network. Mm -hmm. If I make one connection, yep. that one connection uh, oftentimes sends me so far, but a lot of times people we get lazy and like, "Oh, I don't want to go out or I don't want to do the work." But you have to, and it's as simple as just showing up. It's easy yeah. to it's easy to wallow in the fun stuff. You know, we mm -hmm. love creating, we love being in our studio, it's our safe space, right? And but and that's the easy part. The the work and the and the and the hard part is getting out there and and selling and promoting and you know because you know they, back in Sunday school I remember singing that song about don't hide your light under a bushel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And by the way, there's a lesson here for artists. You know what I mean? Like if you're not shining bright, you know, if you're hiding your light. You know, wh who's going to see it, you know, right. and uh, and you don't have to like, it, but that's the work. And uh, and I, I agree with you, JR. Just get out. Meet one contact. Just go out, get one contact, go home. Like if you're doing that, it's 100% better than if you're not doing that. Right. There's no yeah. growth in a comfort zone. No, that's you're right. You're always just trying to stay in your comfort zone. You'll never grow. That's right. No. So, okay. So, JR, that's great. So, I'll think about communication, how we can incorporate how do we get a good expert, a good speaker into the conference to talk about good communication and just being uh, eloquent and, and social and whatever. So that's what may. So then, so if we cover that, then the idea maybe of some negotiating skills and tactics, yeah. maybe yeah. that'll be helpful, whatever. Maybe we could do it within that same kind of bubble or same, or the same kind of, um, you know, program or whatever. But then the other thing I was thinking about, oh, sorry, you were going to say so something. I was going to say, yeah. Like, yeah, like I think, uh, skills especially for young artists who want to go out there is one how do i get out there yeah it's, it's i mean it's a stupid answer but you just got to get out there right, right two is okay once i'm out there how do i you know get someone navigate. interested how do i how do i navigate mm -hmm. okay like mm -hmm. and then i think and then on top of that would just be like selling and closing that deal yeah shading sales persuasion all mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, cool. mm -hmm. well and even just the basics of a contract yeah, you know what I mean, because there are there are oh fundamental <laughs> you know tenets of a good contract of a legal binding contract, and it's like five or six things, and 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 that would be helpful. Contract law that would yeah. be super helpful for a lot of artists to understand the responsibility of being clear in every agreement. I can't, I know so many artists, including myself, just being naive. <laughs> And not having gone through that experience and being like just shafted because I didn't know any better. 
yeah. uh, about writing an agreement. And soon enough, uh, once we get to the final, you know, the terms and agreements, once it's completed, you're like all these promises that were not yep. fulfilled because there are certain details that got excluded. And that's, that's not always the fault of the other client. It's also our fault for not doing our diligence. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and, and ultimately uh, we're responsible. You yeah. know, for 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 our success or failure, ultimately, totally. And um, so that's great. So we're so communicating communication, negotiation, maybe contract uh, design, contract law, writing contract. Yeah. And then here's the here's an interesting one. I think it could be a little weird, but I want to see what you guys think about this because one of the things that I worry about with artists is health and wellness. Oh, that's great. I was just thinking, like, yeah, maybe like about how to be healthy, like get out and get exercise, like that kind of stuff. But yeah. Continue. Well, that, well, that's, that's great. Too. Well, that's awesome. Because I mean, that's what I was like, oh, you know, cause I mean, you know, you, we can, if we don't take care of our vessels, right. If we don't take care of our health, we don't value our, our health and well being. How can we create good work, you know, or at least how do mm-hmm. you know, how can you be sustainable? How can you go the distance? And, you know, we live in such stressful times you know, it is stressful to own your own business anyway, even if, you know, <laughs> geopolitics was, you know, great and whatever, like we'd still be stressful, you know, running our own business or whatever. So I don't know. So I was just thinking about something along that, yeah. along that line of health and wellness. What do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I can't count the amount of times where I've just, especially in these past eight months, like have broken down and especially in that health and wellness, having like a good solid support group. Yeah. So cool, uh, so crucial because as an artist, I feel, at least for me personally, I like to be a lone wolf and just yeah. kind of do things on my own. Yeah. But then in those dark times, just because I've like outcasted myself, I look around and like, shoot, I don't have anyone to turn to when I, when I feel like when you actually need someone. And right. That, and there's certain arrogance that I, I feel like I have that like, oh, I don't need anyone. I, I need to do this on my own. I, yeah. Like that. It's too much pride, but having that humility to reach out for support, being able to talk and communicate. For example, Elias has been in this past weekend, this incredible, huge support for me. And there was so many issues and challenges and I I needed someone there to be like kind of my rock. And, and he was like the MVP of the, of the <laughs> basically of the event. Your like, comrade. Like, hey. I love yeah. It. And like, yeah, just having that support group and not trying to take and everything else on your own. Yeah, that's all. I mean, that community, right? That yeah, support community. That, yeah, and that's kind of like where we're at now. Right. Is you know, post show or post conference, we could have been like, all right, I see where the competition is. But and 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 that that I think there's always there's these two trains of thought. Either you see it as competition or you see it as community, and the people who we talked about this, the people who see it as competition are the people who, you know, they get that quick buck mm-hmm. real quick and they live in that glamour, right, right. but in that longevity of right. things, they don't last. So here's the, here's what I would say, just because you actually inspired me to say this. I hadn't really thought of it this way before, but like the only competition you need to worry about are the artists out there working for free. Those are the artists that provide the biggest and worst competition because you how do you fight free yeah. because if you're dealing with uh, clients who are willing to have they exploit that artist yeah. and have them do it for free how do you beat that 
That's why I was. It's saying a race earlier. to the bottom. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's a disservice to all of us all, sitting here right. if you're doing that's it right. for free. So I feel like you know, and this is one of my own personal missions. I won't go into like yet because I'm still working on it. Like how and like some some ideas I have about how to help deal with this because it's an educational problem. Like you know, educating artists as to exactly what Devana is saying. Like working for free is a loser. Is a long long term, it's a loser for yeah. everybody. And so you're never going to, if a client is willing to not pay for work, you're never going to get them to pay for work unless artists lie. You're not going to get artists to unionize and you're not going to get art. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you can help to through community, through support and, and sharing and educating one another and saying, no guys, you know, we have to support each other by refusing to do work for free and educating clients that it is, it is ultimately um, bad it's bad business, unprofessional, unethical, right? Maybe to to ask artists to work for free. You know, we're just asking for it's, you know, again, going back to what I was saying, I charge $30 an hour. I'll be here all week. It's a 40 hour job. 40 times 30 is whatever. That's that's <laughs> what we're gonna charge you. Yeah. Now, most companies, that's not a lot of money. And the perceived value of what you're doing on that mural for that week. Is going to be more than that, mm -hmm. but you're still you're still going to make that a hundred grand that year or whatever because you're billing those hours. You know the, what I was going to say was that like I think actually there's a lot for artists to learn from graphic designers and commercial artists, mm -hmm. right? Because the commercial art side, if you're a design agency, if you're a graphic designer or or a, or a or a production artist or whatever. Like you, there's a there's real rigor around that business model and how fees get done yeah. and how work gets built mm -hmm. and you know and, so and there's a lot to learn there I think for artists who historically didn't have to think about that stuff but now because the tools are so robust and in that wall I was talking about earlier between fine art and commercial art is completely gone now yeah it's blurred mm -hmm. totally blurred so or whatever so. Anyway, I just think that that's the competition that we need to start thinking about is like, how do we el eliminate the competition? And by that, I mean, how do we eliminate the ignorance around free work or working for nothing and what that does to the whole industry and to artists in general? But what um, about like it's the separation of being a professional and being a hobby? Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. Don't call yourself a professional artist if you're doing free work. I don't care how good you are. Yeah. You know, so. Okay, so it sounds like what we're saying is the conferences, we're down with some maybe health and wellness stuff. We're down with some contract stuff, some communication stuff, and maybe some negotiating skill work. I think business models, different, mm -hmm. like how different artists create different streams of income. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. even at the last one, I thought it was cool with the guy that does like the podcast and how he was talking about how he makes money from his podcast and how he like cuts it off at the end of each episode mm -hmm. and then you sign into like the online membership. Exclusive and I was like, content. oh, that's cool. Yeah. I was like, so I think something like that would be really beneficial because like we were saying earlier, there's so many ways you can be a successful artist yeah. and it's like, let's have some people share what some of those yeah. ways are and how we can apply that. If we want to. Last question regarding the conference. So what do you guys think about what did you well, what did you guys think about the entertainment aspect? So like, you know, we're in LA, artists are in the IP business. 
I know a lot of artists who, you know, have ideas for, you know, they have graphic novels or comic books and toys and stuff, or they have ideas that, you know, those things can translate into movies or whatever. And that's why I thought it'd be cool to bring in the entertainment element, right? Like we had Jorge Gutierrez, we had Channing Dungy, we had, you know, like really good entertainment people. It was just one portion, right? It was just like an, it was a panel and it was like an hour or two. And I think it was, I think people were, you know, enjoyed it and were glad that we did that. Should we do that again? Should we, you know, should we decrease it, increase it? Like, what did you guys feel about the entertainment part? Well, what do you mean exactly by entertainment? So, again, this idea that artists are in the idea business, in the IP business. And I think, I could be wrong about this, but 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 I suspect that we all have a dream, right, to sell one of our ideas to Hollywood. Right. Oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, but Hollywood is such a black box and, and, and that's why we had the, how to pitch your idea to Hollywood. Go ahead. I was going to say, what if, I mean, we, we talked about the differences in our approach, approaching our art. For example, I, I started off doing, before I started painting and what murals, whatever I was doing fashion design. Oh, wow. So I did fashion and that was like, that was a flop because I just wasn't making money. Mm-hmm. It just went so far and broke. And so I started painting just for fun. Mm-hmm. And soon enough, painting for fun became like, oh, I'm starting to like, people are asking me for my work. And I started selling, uh, giving it for free. But then I also started selling some work. And now I had that that as a, a way of uh, attracting income. Now, I don't want to be just labeled as a fashion designer or someone who's just a painter. And now I'm doing music as well. Mm-hmm. Starting a DJ. Mm-hmm. And so... I think more than just, you know, Hollywood or selling their pieces to Hollywood, I think it would also be, I think, beneficial if you had artists of different mediums. Yes. And like, okay, so if I was pursuing music, like, okay, how do I get myself out there to this agency or the Capitol Records? Yeah. That's an art as well. Right. That's right. That's right. That's a great note. I appreciate that because that is ultimately what it's about. It's like, I'm, tr- you know, because yes, some artists focus on one particular medium or one particular kind of aesthetic or technique or tool or whatever. Some artists are multidisciplinary. You know, they I call them. I <laughs> my analogy is like, are you a are you a uh, a switchblade or a Swiss Army knife? Mm-hmm. Right, right, and they each have value. They each have you know a, a, a purpose, right? And but I want our conference. Like I want. If you whether you're a switchblade or a Swiss Army knife, I want our conference to offer something to you. Like oh you God. can, yeah, that's a value. So you can you can have something, you learn something valuable and actionable. And even if you're if you're not into music, you might find it fascinating because you're a creative professional. And by the way, maybe that'll inspire you to like explore your musical side. Yeah, like yeah. I was saying before, some people don't know what their their craft is, and being able to just like, man, I'm really trying to do this art thing and painting i'm just i don't really feel like i'm good at it and then you go and say like hey well here's this like section about music you're like yeah i've never tried that and then it's you know you know you unlock that door and you know people start teaming up with other people like well i'm into you know i didn't know i was into music but now i know that and he's into movies and he's into art let's make a an art music video or something you get people of like you know a few different swiss army knives to (laughs) come together and use their different tools that they have to make something that, you know, never would have been created if no one ever talked about it. Me, myself, and I, I'm a spork. A spork. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Do you know what a spork is? 
Yeah, yeah. It's like a little spoon. <laughs> the spoon with like the bar. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm a spoon. We're not that young. I'm not okay. I don't know if that's even a thing. I would maybe consider myself a Bowie knife. <laughs> I don't know. It seems pretty cool. Guys, I tell you what, this has been such a pleasure just to hang out and talk and, and celebrate the work that you do and the project that you did this week and, and our partnership and, mm-hmm. and, and, and in it and how we all came together. I mean, you know, I couldn't have imagined when I had the idea to do the conference, couldn't imagine that uh, it would turn out to be, you know, so rewarding for me even, let alone you guys and, and, and how we can just help each other and, and, and lift each other up. Yeah. and support each other and uh you know so this is just the beginning for all of us right we're gonna keep doing what we're doing we're gonna keep uh putting goodness out in the world we'll uh, look forward to uh, what the future has in store and uh so uh that being said before we sign off tell our listeners where they can find you on your socials right on you can find me at elias lorenzo art on instagram and elias lorenzo art.com JR. NSJPA.com and NSJPA on the IG. Devonna Stimson on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And then DevonnaStimson.com for my website or ArtByDevonna.com for all my artwork for sale. Nice. Yeah, we got to get, you know, all the listeners uh, aligned with the, with the socials here. I'll have all that stuff on the on the website and stuff too. But awesome. I wanted to cool. make sure you guys had a shout out. Drive safe going home. Right on. Yeah. Thanks for coming through. Thank you so much for having us. This was awesome and an honor. The pleasure is all mine. Peace out. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode and share it with your friends on social. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to press subscribe and follow us on IG at Not Real Artificial. We appreciate the support. Sourdough out.